Hello and welcome to Racing Incident, a Formula One podcast in an American accent. I'm Anna and here with me today is not Elle, not our usual co-host, but uh, a fill-in co-host of most excellent proportions. <laughs> uh, Elle is on vacation, lucky duck, uh, but to fill her shoes or maybe to overfill her shoes, I would expect, you probably wear bigger shoe size, um, is, <laughs> is none other than RJ Young, who is you know, awesome in a word, but, and I've been on his lovely podcast already in the past. So we've chatted before. It's not our first time. Hopefully this podcast is not going to go on for two hours. We could easily, easily do that. But anyway, RJ, welcome. And thank you so much for filling in. Thank you, Anna. Uh, L, thanks for uh, letting me sit here. I, I understand that this is my test drive. Right. <laughs> and I, I expect to give this seat back, not unlike George in 2021. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is like FP1. You know, you're. <laughs> I like it. It's me. It's Nick. It's uh, hopefully one day Jamie. But that's another discussion yeah, altogether. You hopefully. Know? Maybe Colby can not flip the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's going to be testing with McLaren, obviously, as we know. Uh, hopefully, he won't be flipping anything there. Uh, but uh, hopefully, he's uh, preparing his uh, neck for that because, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so we are going to, uh, first of all, just very, very quickly, as usual, our typical housekeeping stuff um, rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening please and if you want to email us you can send us an email at racingincidentpod that's pod at gmail.com um, if you have any questions or comments we're more than happy to get your emails um, and of course follow us on twitter and instagram at racing underscore incident uh, but first of all I wanted to spend just a little bit of time getting to know our wonderful co-host for today <laughs> rj tell the people about yourself and uh how you got maybe how you got into formula one what else you do um for your actual you know job and whatever else you want to share thank you for that Anna. favorite color you know whatever right now it's candy apple red with a little bit of <laughs> metal thrown in the middle nice hi i'm rj uh friend of Anna's can't wait to meet L but we seem to get along over the interwebs uh very well um really dig racing incident um I I listen every week I might add um Aww. yeah well you know I you guys keep me company on plane rides and on drives and I do Aww. a bunch of that for my day job uh day job I am the national college football analyst for Fox Sports uh I also cover Woo. the United States Football League yeah that's that's my day job it's fun uh, it's my Yankee job, but uh, Formula One has been in my life since 2007, March 2007. Uh, I was in college, and I was trying to find my way, and I was turning wrenches at my local Pet Boys, and I was looking for the job that would lead to Pet Boys at the library uh, at school, and came across this story about the first black full-time F1 driver in history. Yeah, uh, Little dude, uh, tall dude, big dude. Lewis Hamilton, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, the goat. Uh, I would argue the greatest athlete of all time. Full stop. Uh, and I have an argument for almost everything on that. That's my guy. Uh, 
<laughs> and I have been quietly following Formula One uh, closely since then. And only with the recent boom, Drive to Survive, has it been cool for me to just kind of tell everybody else that I like it. <laughs> 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 you know, because it was uh, it was one of those things where it's like, you like what? You don't, you don't, <laughs> right. not NASCAR, not Indy, what? <laughs> so uh, that's. Yeah. Did you get when you would tell people, did you get like blank stares prior to the whole boom in the U.S.? Um, I got some blank stares but most of what i got was is mario andretti still any good no yeah i mean wow. and this is like right at the time when scott speed is like entering the sport too so it would have been a great wow, time for yeah. an american audience to jump on but yeah that yeah. whole trip is fascinating and interesting because i still i dunk on scott speed all the time uh <laughs> mostly because his twitter bio still says the last full-time american to race f1 and i'm like oh you're just yeah. you gotta let it go, man. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> you gotta let like did you know that Max Verstappen's dad, Joss, introduces himself to people as the Dutch driver in F one before Max? <laughs> Wait, does he actually Oh do man, that? uh I'm in the middle of my first of two biographies about the Verstappens and it's oh, a trip. It's right for the uh Well, we'll see. But like gonna, that's yeah. also what I do, right? Like my my yeah. free time is spent either reading about black history um, or about F1 in all its various forms. Uh, one of my favorite anecdotes I picked up, Bernie Eccleston needed to sign every single paddock card <laughs> for every race up until Liberty Media bought it. Wow. He was that sort of a micromanaging Bond villain. I, I'm not actually that surprised because, do you know what? Like, it's it was very, everything was very, very, very low tech. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also... And sort of still is. Yeah, well, in some right. Ways. And he was, I mean, we talk about gatekeeping uh, in DEI all the time, right? Uh, but mm -hmm. Bernie is what happens when a used car dealer becomes a billionaire. Yep. So, I mean, we could talk about that <laughs> for days. Uh, but that's me. Yep, that's yep, me. yep. Yeah. Well, thank you. If uh, if people want to check out your work in college football, um, where, do, where, do, where do they need to go? Where do they need to watch? A small website called foxsports.com. That's a good place to start. I'm on YouTube. I'm on the internet. If you search my name, you'll get me and an IT company in Nashville. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite things growing up, uh, especially, you know, with this job and all that it entails. I have people that send me pictures of the RJ Young vans uh, in the South, right? Particularly around the Tennessee area. And, uh, you know, I used to have a an ongoing joke about, hey, guys, get off my name. Give me my name back. And finally, I got deep back. So it's, hey, we were created in 1954. We were here first. <laughs> and I kind of dig that. I was like, all right, cool. Now we're engaging. Now we're engaging. That's nice. Yeah. That's that's fair. Fair. You can't you can't be mad at that. Yeah. That's, you know, they made a good point. <laughs> so, Fernando Alonso. That's that's what I yeah. got. I got Fernando Alonso. <laughs> that's what I got. You did. <laughs> No, no, getting Fernando Alonso would be like you getting that email or whatever, however they responded to you over and over and over and over for the next, I don't know, year, <laughs> every day, get the same email. <laughs> yeah, we still aren't giving you your name. That's right. Still no. Still no. Still no. <laughs> I think that would be more apt, more, more um, apt comparison. Yeah. We'll get to Fernando, I expect, but uh, but first off, you know, I guess I just wanted to get your take on 
Monaco overall. You know, obviously, there's a lot of discussion about what's going to happen next year. The Monaco is renegotiating their contract right now with Formula One, and uh, famously, they pay very, very, very little. Uh, it's it's uh, estimated to be like something like 15 million, which is not a lot uh, for uh, a host of a race. Uh, by comparison, Saudi Arabia pays like 60 million, um, something to that effect, and and other tracks, also other uh, cities, pay much more, as well. And so, you know, there's a lot of discussion, of course, uh, about whether we should still be racing in Monaco, because it's so uh, it's so it's so historic. And of course, you know, there's all the history, but the, the especially now with the cars are being with the cars being so big and so heavy and so difficult to negotiate around that track that you just can't overtake for the most part etc and that it well, of course this past race was <laughs> more exciting than usual in Monaco but uh, there's still that discussion like that you just cannot overtake is that really a race you know etc what what are your thoughts I think we're having like five different discussions that need to be separated uh, and by we I mean the F1 community right uh, mm -hmm. because the cars being large and heavy is a separate discussion altogether from is it a good track to race around from what does it mean to be traditional in a space where you are absolutely trying to grow the pot you're trying to grow the audience and I think all mm -hmm. of those are very interesting points the one that at the top of the list for me has always been do I enjoy watching the race like me personally that that's where I start because Barcelona is famously hard to overtake on too, but I enjoy watching the race. Monaco is fun to pure racing fans because it really does harken back to what the sport is in their eyes, which is not a whole lot of overtaking. It used to be very dramatic when it did happen. Frankly, it just meant your car was faster and somebody had to answer for that. At Monaco, though, you have to be fast right away, and it makes qualifying the most exciting not just qualifying of the year, but event on the weekend. And you just hope for good weather so you can see the cars absolutely go around the track at top speed. However, Bernie Eggleston built what we knew of Formula One around the idea of Monaco, right? Uh, rich, celebrities, lots of money. This is what I want the sport to be. The folks that run, own it now have an American sensibility. They're an American company, and their backyard is the Atlanta area, right, Georgia. NASCAR's huge in the south where they are, right? And you see the number of people that show up to a NASCAR event. That's what they want in an F1 event. That's difficult to do at a place like Monaco, and when you can get a bigger fee at a place that might be off in the sticks, you also want to make some money. I think because I'm always on the progressive side of things most of the time, I'm here for <laughs> change and I'm here for leveling things out because uh, not to get too deep into me personally, but it, I'm, I'm, for those of you that can't see me, I'm a black man. Can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> I have thought for, for a very long time that if you level the playing field, I have an advantage because I'm used to working from a disadvantage which is one of the reasons why I am wholeheartedly with Lewis Hamilton all the time because I believe he's working at a disadvantage that other folks just don't see or care enough about. I think if you're going to bring the sport forward, you're going to have to put it in front of more people. You want to put it in front of more people, you get more kids into karting. Um, in addition to sim racing, which is the whole other discussion about how people come up 
and what kind of drivers you want. That said, if Monaco is willing to pay to keep the race, I think they ought to be able to keep the race, right? I don't see anything wrong with that. Where I have a problem is you still believe that you're the crown jewel of the sport, and you are too many, but not too all. And since you don't have the majority mm-hmm. of folks believing that anymore, you got to pay up or you have to pay up and then demonstrate to folks why this is a premier event. And to your point about Saudi Arabia and uh, Abu Dhabi and uh, even Bahrain, they'll pay to be on the calendar, right? That matters to F1, which is the apex predator in capitalism. Pay us the most money. We will overlook missile striking 10 kilometers away. We swear, you know? So I think <laughs> yeah. if, if Liberty Media gets the money they want, keep the race. If they don't, move it. Uh, mm-hmm. give it to someone else because there are no small amount of people that want an F1 race. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I mean, for me, it's like Monaco is, you know, I. it's interesting though that you say that, you know, we need to, obviously, like I know we we, we both agree extremely on the fact that you need, that the sport needs to broaden, that it needs to reach new audiences, that it needs to, you know, appeal to different demographics. And I feel like, I'm not sure where that's ever going to start happening, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, Monaco existing or other races where, you know, it's very expensive to attend, of course. and But they're all expensive to attend at the end of the day. I think a lot of people maybe thought or, or hoped, or I know I did a little bit, that when they were going to expand more into the U.S., I mean, maybe down the line we'll still see some races that are more accessible financially or something to that effect. But, you know, we already saw Miami was... <laughs> <laughs> just insanely expensive and not accessible for most people. Uh, I don't expect Vegas is going to be any different. Uh, I, if anything, it, it might be worse. And um, and so, you know, for me, when I look at it that way, I'm like, okay, you can have Monaco, you can have Miami, you can have whatever else, but can we figure out some way to have races in, in places where... Uh, where maybe and and then to have ticket prices somehow be uh, more affordable for people because I would love to see that. I mean, honestly, I, if I were in charge of F one, I well, I'd change a lot of things. <laughs> Obviously, many, 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 many things. But one thing I would do is literally I would like create a uh, program where at every single race you could have maybe I don't know if you needed it maybe somewhere like Monaco or maybe no actually at every race you could say um, where there I would make a block of tickets available at some kind of like vastly reduced price um, to people uh, who um, can I mean it would have to be some kind of a process I guess to to show that you otherwise wouldn't be able to afford a ticket financial aid for Grand Prix tickets. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, think it would be great PR for for them. And it would get people to the race who otherwise would never, ever be able to go to a race. And they, um, because like I having talked to the guy, um, since you're a regular listener, I don't know if you listened to when, um, when I perhaps you heard this or if you remember, but we talked a lot about uh, when Miami was going on, there was... Um, uh, we talked a lot about all the stuff, obviously, having to do Miami with that. Gardens. But we also, yeah. there was uh, yeah. a gentleman in the press conference who uh, who asked the question about how do you plan to uh, make, and, and so he was uh, black as well. I actually talked to him then on the phone. I tracked down his company and I called him and I, because he actually, he does work in media. He does like a, 
in in Florida, they do a, a it's like a targeted towards a black audience specifically, and they have inserts in various newspapers, etc. So he uh, he had never been to a Formula One race, had never seen one on TV, nothing, but is really into cars. And he said he went to this one race and he was hooked. He's like, this was fantastic, you know. And so he went as press. He got a press pass. And that's why he was in the press conference asking the question, which the team principals gave embarrassing responses to. <laughs> uh, well, I, look, um, there's a lot there, right? Um, but the first for me is uh, this, this idea of access, right? Uh, I cover college football. Uh, I get to cover it at a national level. I get to talk to the biggest names in the sport. I can tell you, I went to two college football games in my entire life before I started working in media. <laughs> my access to college football right. was television. In fact, that is how I ended up where I am now is I would watch the games, watch the pregames, listen to the press conferences, and then I would talk about them uh, trying to insert my own intellect and analysis. I say that to say... Getting someone to a race is not as important as being sure that they can see the race. I would also put Lewis Hamilton back in this place of, no, he watched this stuff on television. Ayrton Senna was his favorite race driver because he got to watch him on television, not because he got to go, like for Max Verstappen, to races to watch people. Sure. I'm not as interested in getting more people to an event where they don't even know what's going on. They'll just see... Fast car going by, right? Matter of fact, one of my favorite follows <laughs> on Twitter right. uh, for F1, she got to go to Aus uh, the Australian Grand Prix, and she did not know what was going on, but she was having a good time. And that was such a weird space for her to be because, <laughs> you know, we're watching it and we're listening to Crofty do a great job. Ted does an outstanding job in that pit, right? And then for enthusiasts like you and I, like I pay F1 the extra money to have the driver view and to listen to team radio, and to look at uh, tele telemetry because I'm that guy. I think if you're putting those tools in front of people, they'll, they'll catch on. Drive to Survive is a great example of this, right? Most people had not seen an F1 event, but they'd seen yeah. that series, and they knew enough about the race car drivers to find the way in. Creating more avenues to find a way in, to me, is not as important as getting more people to a Grand Prix event because, frankly, I think it's overdone. I think it's overwrought. I think it's it's a status symbol. It is <laughs> people that tell you they went to a Grand Prix are assholes in Ferraris and Corvettes. The people like myself, right. my best friend Ron, uh, I'm building um, a, an MR2, right? I love the car. It's giving me all sorts of headaches. Um, cool. It's really like I, I got to work on it tomorrow <laughs> and do the PCV valve and I have a bike. I'm a gearhead, right? Which is to say that if you put me in one of those cars, I know how yeah. to drive it. I also know how to take care of it. Somebody driving a white Ferrari with an automatic transmission is someone I want to punch in the face. But they're also the person that goes to an F1 <laughs> event, right? I was working all weekend. So I had people right. reaching out going, are you dead? Because you didn't tweet. I'm like, no, I just, I buried myself to be able to do my day job. And I, I popped up to watch every practice qualifying the Grand Prix. Took in everybody's media. I just didn't have anything to say about it to this weekend. Wait, I, I I have to I have to interrupt for a moment. They make Ferraris with automatic Corvettes. Corvettes. No. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. 
I was no, gonna say no, I'm no, like no. that would uh, like that I think Enzo Ferrari well, he, roll over there's in his a lot grave that Enzo right now. Would not agree with uh, that's going on right now. Uh, like the least of which is the SUV that's on its way. It, look, she's like, oh, wait, okay, I've dropped news <gasps> wait, on you. They're making an SUV. Uh, yeah, Ferrari's got an SUV This is news to me. Yes. Out. Oh Matter my fact, God. I'm wait, see that's. If I can't find this. What? Because uh, it was oh really controversial. That basically, what happened is they needed to make more money. <gasps> uh, I. Yeah. The, well. Oh, what? Because they what? keep spending Why it on their race team. Why do they need more money? So it's 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 not well, cheap. It I mean, is yeah, uh, <laughs> three hundred fifty thousand pounds. I think. Uh, I'm gonna drop it to you. Whoa. In, in our chat. But it's, it's whoa, you know, whoa, like, whoa. I look at it like the Porsche Cayenne, you know, like it, I told, yeah, you know, uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. Oh, I told right, my partner sure, Laurel. Sure. Oh, no, everyone who drives one of these is Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Too. But, like, <laughs> unless it's you driving the car. If it's you, like, that's what I think about most cars. Uh, we all say that they're assholes in it because, you know, usually they are, but we don't say that about ourselves. All to say, <laughs> right. uh, I think... You have to find different ways to invite people in. And if I can get a mom who's got kids yeah. into, a, a say, a Cayenne or, or this, uh, I can't even pronounce the name of this uh, SUV. That's why. I, but if I can get them into that, <laughs> now they're driving a Porsche. Now they're driving a Ferrari. And that maybe opens them up to other avenues. Like Ferrari's biggest marketing tool has always been the race team. That's why it's the most important and most popular race team in the history of the world. Now Porsche and sure. VW are going to get involved. More people are probably going to buy Cayennes because they are what they can drive to work, right? Do you really think that people, though, who buy those cars, like, do you really think that they buy that car and then suddenly they're like, maybe I'll check out their F1 team? You know, I know it that, happens. Do you think that that's a thing I mean, that happens? Because, I mean, that was, that, oh. that's Ford v. Ferrari. We need to sell more, we need to sell more cars. Okay. How do we sell more right. cars? Let's make them fast and let's win some right. races. And that was, you know, that's frowned upon. It's yeah, like, why do yeah, we, fair, what? Fair. No, we make, we make reliable cars because we went away from <laughs> making cars that went fast to making cars that rode safely and uh, didn't tell you they were cars. So like, for instance, I get roasted in my MR2 by a Tesla, <laughs> but... Like, that dude can do zero to 60 and dust me while holding his cappuccino. Like, it's just, it's, but you won't hear it, right? So if you are a gearhead and you want to hear your car, feel your right. car, get feedback from your car, yeah, it's not yeah, going to give yeah. that to you. But that's not what most people want. But I guarantee you, if Tesla had a team, yeah. more people would buy Teslas. But it, it's nonsensical for them to be in anything other than Formula E. True, true. So, you know. Right, 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 right. By the way, by the way, do you have you? I don't know if you saw um, that we did Sincera. I have to tell you uh, that you need to check out um, this guy's YouTube channel if you're not watching it already. Yes. Um, it's called Wolfpack yes. Performance. Yes. Uh, he's. Oh, you already know him. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, we were uh, we were on there actually. L and I. You can. Um, there was. Uh, uh, we chatted with Jay, and um, that was really cool. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could like go back in time, honestly, and like get into cars properly people say it's not too late but it is too late for me really and a car people speaking, suck i don't have the time i don't have like the... my my <laughs> adage is there are no good car people no no what about no. you though you suck too is what you're yeah saying? yeah because <laughs> like all right so you have something that's nice and the first thing you do is start apologizing for it 
yeah, I, I, I did this and this, but I'm going to do this, this, and this, and that's why this looks this way. Nobody gets to just say, that's cool, right? Like, it's always somebody is shit-talking your car. Um, or, or you know, oh, no, uh, no, I have to have some body work good. done to my car that I'm probably going to end up doing myself precisely because I had a dude tell me that my car was a POS. Uh, and I said, no. hey, man, no. it ain't your cup of tea, right? But you don't have to, like, dog my car out you know it's not my daily driver right uh it it's it's turned into more of a project <laughs> than i thought it would be quite honestly but you know when i get this car to looking well i'm gonna mm. send a reflection of me and that's why car people suck is this is you know mm. this explains to me a lot about why a lot of f1 fans suck because a lot of f1 yeah. fans are car people of course you know, and and this this actually explains a lot. Like I here, I've been thinking that it's mostly just that they're sports fans, which you know we all know a lot of yeah. sports fans suck. <laughs> like I'm I'm you know I I might be including um, myself in that at times, but uh, I so I thought that was mostly what it is. But this actually I'm I'm learning a lot here because I think that this could be one of the factors. In fact, what you were talking about. Um, before about in terms of you know gatekeeping and whatever i actually did want to talk a bit we've had another grid walk situation with poor martin with martin Brundle, he God love him. he really and, does he uh, hates doing that stuff yeah, man think- <laughs> he's like stop me doing it i won't get in trouble i swear I, he, did you see he yeah yeah he actually i i actually don't understand i know people love it and that's why they they keep doing it. But to me, it's almost a little sad that he doesn't want to do it. Like, if people didn't see, he actually tweeted at one point that he was like, I hate doing these things, but I, I do it because, uh, you know, you guys all love it and it's become a big part of my career, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, but, like, why should he have to do that if he doesn't want to? Like, this is, this is not... Okay, but anyway. But so, again, now at Monaco, we've had a situation where there was a celebrity who did not want to talk to Martin in this case it was uh, Simone Ashley who is on Bridgerton for those of you who are you know dudes or whatever the case may be who don't know who she is you know go fuck yourself because <laughs> because Bridgerton's a big fucking deal okay like I'm, I'm sorry we, I'm we sorry. Could, we'd, we'd be fighting about Shonda we wouldn't be fighting about Bridgerton okay fine but, but uh yeah she's a she's a big fucking deal too um obviously and and so uh so Simone Ashley didn't really want you know she gave Martin the snub similar to the famous uh although uh Megan Thee Stallion actually did like talk to him sort of it was just you know her her people were like we you know no and uh and Simone Ashley was kind of like giving him the full snub and and whoever was there with her was like she doesn't want to do TV, which I don't know the reason for that. But whatever reason she has, I, I'm like, get, leave these people alone. Like I'm not normally one to like stick up for celebrities in any way, shape, or form. But this to me is not an issue of celebrity. This is an issue of people feeling like uh, coming to an F1 race in this type of position where you get to go on the grid and you're there, you know, in a, obviously in a privileged position where most people never get to go, uh, that somehow obligates you to to talk to Martin, to do whatever. If that was really the feeling uh, in uh, F, if that was really 
how Formula One felt, like people who manage Formula One, well, if that was how Sky felt, maybe they could request that they could say, you know what, if you're going to let these people on here, they need to know that they're required to talk I, to Martin. Like, I disagree with all of that. All, all of it. Uh, the, okay. The, you'd Do be tell. required to talk and <laughs> that tell. you should be expected to talk. No, I'm saying that you, that, that you might mandate it, right? That you should know, just know going in, hey, he might walk up to you, be prepared. Or that, you know, uh, they should just be prepared. Look, um, I'm moderately, I'm not even moderately, I am slightly recognizable, right? Slightly so. Uh, so much so. <laughs> oh, oh, we have God. a celebrity um, on the show, point, everyone. The, the point <laughs> May I have your autograph, I took please? something from Toby Nguigwe, because <laughs> he's a great rapper, uh, Houston-based. Does some outstanding music. You should go check it out. Uh, my favorite song is Bozo's if you need a gateway in. Okay, so it's about Charles Leclerc. Or? <laughs> he used to... S- <laughs> Sorry, N- Nikki Latifi, you know. He used to say <laughs> that he stays inside unless he is prepared for someone to walk up to him because it's not your job, but someone's going to meet you for the first and only time and they're going to remember that. And the reason that it is important is I believe lots of our understanding of social dynamics, including race uh, and gender, have a lot to do with one instance that was an inflection point for all of us. That person sucks. I had, like, okay, here's one that's low stakes. Uh, lo- low stakes for me. I played baseball growing up. <laughs> Love baseball. For my nine year, uh, yeah, my, my ninth birthday. My parents took me to a Astros game three hours away from where we lived in Hattiesburg so that I could see the Dodgers play because I loved Hideki Nomo and Mike Piazza and that team. We waited by the buses for the Dodgers to leave after they lost on a walk-off home run, and both Piazza and Nomo walked past me as I'm holding out my baseball. I have held on to that memory forever, and it took me being an adult to realize <laughs> some people have a bad day, man, and they're just not up for it. Now, they also know they got to walk by that sure. bus, right? So if you got to put on a face to try to make someone else's job easier or understandable, you need to do that if it's within your being as a person. Like I, I'm an Eagle Scout. It matters to me. Like the orienteering and, and the, the ropes and whatnot and the uh, knots, I can do it all, but... I'm more interested in what kind of a person <laughs> it allowed me to be, right? That said, sure. hey, man, Martin's struggling out there, and you can see it. Like, I have this happen in press conferences all the time in that a reporter is not really great at asking questions because they didn't really get into this, they thought, to be gregarious. But you're on the spot, and you're on the spot in front of your peers, in front of a person that you know is important and probably admire, and you don't want to screw up. But you also don't want to look like you're asking a stupid or a soft question. So you'll fumble it. And then that coach or that player has to pick you up off the ground or drown you. And more people in that spot will drown Martin Brundle than will pick him up off the ground. And I'm going, do you know that if you just pick him up off the ground, one, everybody loves you because they saw it. He loves you because he saw it. And yet, what did it cost you? You had to have the wherewithal to just be like time, place, cool, camera, Formula One world champ, maybe I don't know, that's fine, but obviously a person with a microphone who's allowed to be here, I will talk to you. I don't need to talk to you for very long, I can be short with my answers, but like Beckham got this. Like this is the part that I, I, I saw the Simone thing happen and I just, ugh. 
because Beckham tried to walk away, right? Realized that <laughs> A, he, he looked yeah. like an ass, and B, Martin was like, yo, man, you know me. <laughs> we know each other. I, I'm, I'm in their country <laughs> yeah, yeah. looking for some camaraderie from my fellow countrymen, and you're ghosting me. <laughs> That's not cool. I'm going to, I can stalk you because yeah. I know you. So he stalked him, right? Like he was prepared for Serena and Venus, you know, to tell him to right, go to hell. Right, right. And he, when they didn't do that, he was surprised. But David yeah. Beckham, no, no, no. You don't get to tell me to go to hell. I know you. Yeah, but in in Formula One, though, I feel like it's not like I don't think this is the same as I don't think you can really necessarily compare. You know, it, it's like it's a more apt comparison, like what you're talking about, where in a press conference, if you're you know, you flub a question and you don't do a great job and then the person helps you out like that's sort of an OK comparison, I guess, here for the Martin situation. But I. It's it's not a apt comparison to say that it's like when you're meeting you know fans or like the little kids standing outside like I don't think that's the same I do uh, look uh, askance at celebrities that are rude to fans or that are you know like won't uh, stop real quick for a selfie or whatever people you know I mean even though I do think sometimes like people like you said could be going and how through about something, rude who in knows? general like they're people just rude know, in but, general but right right no nope, not but. But I think that where my issue is with it in Formula One, especially since I've been seeing these now incidents <laughs> repeatedly, is that um, is that the response from the fan community and from just people in general. Like I read this whole article about the Simone Ashley snub uh, on a Australian website, where you would think that they don't necessarily oh. have a dog in the fight, <laughs> so to speak. Well, in terms it's of, also but they're big Formula One easy. fans, so maybe that's. Uh, this is the part where you know, Big J journalist steps up and says, "You don't have to answer for that. Like you don't actually have to hear Martin Brundle give you his read and tell you why you're wrong. Like my that's always been my thing. If I'm wrong, tell right. me." <laughs> Right. I will talk to you. I'm not going to dodge you. And, you know, not for nothing. But we live in an age where you get to dodge people. You could say something on Twitter or write a blog post and never have to answer for it. I also like to the point about how this all happens. I think you have one in which you could structure this, but that's not what people want, including, I would argue, the producers of Sky's F1 broadcast. The whole shtick is who's going to dunk on Martin. The whole shtick is Martin is uncomfortable. Isn't this funny and grand? You know, and if you start to say, hey, here's a list of all the people who are here. Maybe you can prepare. Even that is giving him more of a leg up than I think they want to. And sure, yeah, it's reality I think television at this probably point. not giving him that information because, of the, yeah, it wouldn't be funny then. But then if that is the if we're both in agreement that that's the shtick and that's the thing that makes it funny and enjoyable and entertaining, then people need to not be uh, people then shouldn't have these reactions that they tend to have when there's a celebrity who doesn't. And, and I, I, I'm compelled to point out that so far in both these cases, they were women of color. I'm really uncomfortable with the fact that that um, that I don't I'm not sure like there have been male celebrities who didn't want to talk to him either I assume and I am thinking that there was probably not the same type of reaction no I think you're right uh, number one uh, I think you have that number two the only other instance I saw involving a man that was farcical was Martin walking up to Paolo Bancaro and swearing up and down he's Patrick Mahomes 
And Paolo right. went to Duke, which is yeah, normally was... I dunk on Dukies because who likes Duke? But he picked him up. He said, you know, even when it was like, you're not who I thought you was. Paolo was like, clearly. But he didn't let it show, right? And not for nothing, but that dude just got done playing the Final yeah. Four. You know, like that dude was this close to winning a national championship and he probably is going to be a first round pick in the NBA draft. He's a known commodity. But you're also talking about two things. One, the people that get to walk the grid aren't F1 fans. Not like you and I, right? That is a disconnect that right. just simply won't right. ever get connected. That's that's part of it, right? The other part is they are not going to the Grand Prix yeah. they circled on the calendar. They're going to the Grand Prix they were invited to attend. You're not going to get anybody that cares. Exactly. It's all going to be exactly. us going, how can you not know? Or Martin, do you do anything else? And Martin's like, no, because... <laughs> we talk about the grid walk more than we talk about do you know what he nails to the wall these dudes going around that track he he's so good like i listen to a lot True. of co- uh, college football and football analysts and some are yeah, good some are great some that. are bad he's really good at telling you what's going on on the track and he sees things obviously the television broadcast lose something but he still sees them in real time mm-hmm. and i'm going martin what the hell, dude? I can't sure, see that. Sure. But that's also, I'm not, I'm not an F1 driver. I haven't spent my life with the sport. I don't know what the undulations of this car yeah. means. I don't know where the slick spots are on the road. I don't know where the hazards are. And, he's, and you know, these <laughs> things where we're showing this, uh, these angles of like Checo or Charles <laughs> or whoever going right by this guardrail with like a centimeter, millimeter. Yeah, I'm going, that's not, that's not a mistake. Those. They did that on purpose. That's- and then you go, you know, went two inches wide. Yeah, that dude went like six meters wide. Sure. Like, what are you talking about? No. So I just, I try to lean more 2022, my thing, <laughs> is to try to lean into what is cool and good. And there's a reason why Martin is in that seat is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I love him being in that seat. I don't have, you know, it's, but it's, um, I guess my, my issue really isn't with Martin or with Sky or with a fun or anything. My issue is with the way that people, uh, in the fan community respond. And then of course that gets things. I mean, it's not just the fan community again. It's like, you know, people write articles and there's, you know, whatever. But I, I, the, the issue is that people's response is even people who know that a lot of the celebrities who are there are invited by the teams, et cetera, they may not be, you know, hardcore Formula One fans. They, they know this, and yet they still feel that there's some, there's people, uh, like, I, I feel like this isn't the same in other sports. I don't know if maybe you would agree or disagree, but, like, that I feel like if there was, uh, if there was something akin to this, and I don't know, if, like, in basketball, if there was a no one does this, but if they were, like, if, if let's say, everyone was, if people were, like, out on the court before the game starts, let's say, and you would have celebrities there who are who are sitting courtside, you know, people who do, who have lots of money who come to the game and sit in courtside seats, and let's say they were out there, and some of them might be real fans, some of them might not be, and you had uh, somebody who was a well-known broadcaster who wanted to talk to them. I somehow, I don't know if maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe all sports fans would react this way maybe NBA fans would be up in arms if the you know but I feel like F1 fans are just so there's like it's that it's that gatekeeping it's that like Martin Brundle is owed this you know by these people because he's an institution and he is an institution but not to somebody who like again is might be there for just you know for whatever reason and they're not a hardcore fan and maybe don't even know who he is or even if they do you know it's uh th- that's that's the part I, that uh, bothers me the crowds of people usually suck nature of it they're erratic they're mean 
they're angry <laughs> and they're violent individuals individuals are where i put my faith yeah. I, I have this discussion on uh with my partner laurel often which is to say i trust people you know um i trust individuals i trust the one-to-one Groups of people want to stand out from each other and want to demonstrate their own fandom. I, I would recommend a book to, to you, but to, to anyone called Among the Thugs, uh, which is a really great uh, insight into the fan culture around soccer and what essentially are violent gangs, right? Like right. we saw this with Champions oh, League yeah, final sure. with the Liverpool fans right, that just couldn't right. get into the stadium and what they were choosing to do. I say that to say for someone to understand and respect Martin Brundle is for someone to actually have done the reading. And I keep saying, did you do the reading? Like, for instance, Damon Hill, right? Damon Hill is mad that people don't know who he is from time to time. However, you got to understand how Damon Hill got to the sport, what he achieved in the sport, and then you get to say, that's Damon Hill. And then to say that is to say a dude came out racing motorbikes, watched his dad die, family went bankrupt because his dad wasn't flying with a uh, insurance or a license, so the families that he uh, that perished with him, or the people that perished with him, their family sued his family. They lost everything. He's coming in through the sport, basically on his dad's name, but not a whole lot else. Got paid next to nothing by Frank Williams, and that's why he got the drive, and turned that into a world championship at a time when all people wanted was Jill's kid to go and win. Right? I just. You have to have done the reading to understand why that's important and what I come to find out more often than not (laughs) in in my work. People don't do the reading and don't care to do the reading, including the people that claim to be hardcore fans because if it does not relate to me personally, I simply don't care. And my job has been, as I see it, to make what makes people care. How do I get you to care about someone you'll never meet, never know, never see how you influence? How do I get you to do that? And most people just flip me the finger, you know? So I, I, that, I think the grid walk is just, quite honestly, a sociologist wet dream. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, I mean, I guess you're onto something there with people feeling like that if it doesn't relate to them, then they don't care. But, you know, and yet they can't transfer that on to... Well, that, uh, and that's, that is the job of any analyst, journalist, whatever. Like, most... Most of what I end up doing is my homework so that when I go to talk to someone, I know how to ask them a question. Not what I want to know. How do I relate to them in a very short amount of time where I don't have a lot of time to build rapport? I know who you are. I know what you have accomplished. And I'm interested. Those three things are your job as an interviewer. And for the most part, they don't want Martin to do any homework. They want Martin to show up and put the circus in town. You're not setting him up. No. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a, it's a whole it's a the whole concept is, you know, I guess bound to collapse in on itself at time to time because of because of the um the premise. Anyway, enough about that. Uh <laughs> let's um uh yeah, and this is this. I feel like I'm glad that I think uh, I must say you're doing an excellent job co-hosting because what Elle and I end up doing usually is uh, when it comes to talking about the race, we don't really talk about the race. I'm that there much. to hang out with Anna and Elle. I'm not. Oh, like, seriously, <laughs> like that's it's a hang yeah. for me. I'm like, no, I, I, I yeah. want to listen to them talk. That's what I want to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what we figure. And not only that, but it's like there's already there's so many people that go over, you know, like every detail of what happens in a race and or have, you know, in many cases, interesting discussions <gasps> and important discussions about things. Uh, but they don't necessarily. I need to cut yeah. you off because this Ferrari car that I sent you, the SUV that yeah. with yeah. the name I can't pronounce. I sent it to a friend <laughs> of mine who speaks Italian. Uh huh. And he said, RJ, they named the car Pure Blood. And I was like, oh, that's what that means. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, yes, yes, yes. Do that you makes sense. understand <laughs> what like speaking of history and did you do the reading? You're in it. You are the Italian company. <laughs> Axis powers, ally powers, pure, pure blood. I um, they probably didn't give it a lot of thought. Name it Dracula or something, man. Don't name it pure <laughs> blood. It's like when people say blood and soil. Do you know what you're saying? I don't I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I mean, there's you know, yeah, that's not the best. That's not the best. I, I have to I will put, of course, in the show notes for you guys, you know, my you know, my famous extensive show notes. I will uh, make sure to uh, have a link to the photo of this car, by the way, which I have to say looks kind of cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it looks it, cool. it, uh, it looks like a Ferrari with four doors. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I don't I don't love the idea of it existing, I guess, sort of. But yeah, but it looks cool. Um, in any event, uh, the other things that I did want to touch on are um, a couple of, you know, kind of like the somewhat talking points from the race, I guess, somewhat um, not. You know, for example, what is going to happen to Daniel Ricardo? <laughs> Do you think? Uh, because right now the, uh, you know, it used to be whispers and now it's like shouting of people being like, well, maybe he's not going to be here next year. Maybe he's not going to be an F1 for much longer. Um, I, I personally think that he's just I, like, you know, Elle and I have talked about this. Like we, th we think he's just kind of like he's over F1. Like he may say he 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 said these things in the past like i'm a fierce competitor i'm this i'm that i'm like i'm not seeing it bro you know like i gotta be honest you know because he's not he i don't i don't feel from him that like that that burning fire and desire to to do better to fight for a position or whatever you know he just seems to be like you know just filling a seat really and that's not what McLaren needs, and um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? I don't buy the argument that Formula One isn't important to him. Uh, this is one that is laid at the feet of my man, Lewis, every single race. True. And yet, if he's got a car that he can win with, guess what he does? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and a lot of this is luck. Yeah, but Lewis, like, try, like you can see that with Lewis that that's demonstrably not true. Do you know what I mean? Like, the only people who are saying that and who are serious are people who are very anti-Lewis or whatever the no, case it's may frank be. You no, know? it, I mean, it's frankly, uh, it's the people who deign, if you deign to have a hobby or several right. hobbies, you must not right. be all in on this. Like, the way yeah. I equate many much of this is uh, I fought growing up, right? Uh Playing baseball, boxing, whatnot. I thought I wanted to be a professional boxer for a time. And I wanted a fella in town to train me. And he told me flat, no. I'm like, <laughs> I beat everybody you put in front of me that you train. Yes, but you're going to college. Yeah, that's uh, the right call. And I said, what the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't want to train somebody with options. I need it to be the only thing that they're doing. That's right, not a dig right. at you. That is just to say, 
that's the only way I know how to create somebody that that will win because they have to win. Now, mm-hmm. I can make an argument for most drivers in Formula One that they don't have to win because of the money behind their families. Uh, Lance Stroll, Nicholas right. Latifi come to mind. But <laughs> the problem with Danny Rick is Danny Rick's funny. And funny doesn't do well for, for sports fans. Sports fans, generally speaking, don't like you to be clever. They want you yeah, to be he's in, so popular. insightful. He's so popular, though. He is extremely, well, extremely he's, popular. He's I, popular with people might... that don't particularly love racing. They love driver to drive to survive. True, 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 true. I think so, but one, you know, as you know, as of course you know, uh, as a close follower of the sport, like that, that obviously you can't be a completely shit driver and have a great personality and be in the sport. Uh, well, at least not, yeah, uh, <laughs> not, uh, uh, not usually. But, uh, but that the fact that someone is, you know, like good looking, marketable, engaging, etc., those are all factors. Like, obviously, you have to be a good driver. But, but like the fact it's possible that you know, Danny. Uh, I mean, I would say it's still too early to say this, but were he to stay at McLaren for like several more years and still be performing this uh, poorly and underperforming his teammate, I would say that the reason he's there is because of the fact that he's very marketable and very uh, and brings a lot of good press to the team, et cetera, et cetera, not because of the driving. So it's a factor. It's a factor in how teams, you know, like they, they even talk about it that way. They'll say when when I remember when Carlos was signed to Ferrari, they were like, you know, okay, he's a good looking driver, he's a good driver, of course, but they mentioned the fact that he's good looking, like as a matter of fact, as a not just a throw aside. Uh, there you know, there's thing, there there are no ugly F one drivers anymore. It doesn't exist. Well uh, there's nobody I mean there's nobody with bad I teeth. Personally anymore. No, I mean but like it's it, <laughs> I'm I'm saying you you're correct. Um yeah. the I call it the Anna Kornikova problem. Uh, Anna Kornikova, for those of you who don't know, was uh, a famous tennis player who stayed on the on the tour for over a decade and never won a tournament. But right. she's gorgeous, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. So that's a that's at the high end. Where I put this is uh, Neil Gaiman gave well he didn't give it to me he gave it at a commencement speech and I took <laughs> it um, for I think it was uh, University of Chicago or maybe she University of Chicago Arts Institute point is he's speaking and he says hey guys I didn't get where you are I didn't finish college I didn't even start but I learned that there are three things to get you jobs and you only need two of them be good at your job be on time have people like you you only need two of the three if you're on time people like you you don't have to be good at your job on a corner cover (laughs) if you're on time and you're good at your job you can be an asshole Max Verstappen it just that's the way that it Mm. works right but you have to have two of the three all the time you can't have one of the three, you're going to get fired. And if you try to get all three, you're going to burn yourself out. And I think Mercedes is a great example of that. Of Toto going, no, he has a job, I have a job. And you have to be a person outside of this, otherwise we're all going to collapse. You have to be holistic in how you think about this and approach this. McLaren is kind of feeling themselves now, because now they're the it boy when they weren't for years. <laughs> you know, like that's... So Zach yep. Brown's trying to flex like he's Helmet Marco, but he's not. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think the best joke that I saw related to this is Daniel Ricardo sitting in a wheelchair being wheeled around. And the thought bubble is, I used to run these streets, talking about Monaco, right, where he famously won. Uh-huh. And the person pushing the wheelchair says, yes, old man, now let's get you into an alpha. 
<laughs> that for me sums it up. Like I think he'll be in the sport as long as he wants to be in the sport. Not unlike Fernando Alonso, because this doesn't nobody right. talks about him the way that they talk about Danny Ricardo. And I'm going, wait a second, the guy that was away for two years, who's over forty, who hasn't run a Grand Prix in I think over a decade. Is talking about, no, I want to do this for another three to five years. And I'm going, y'all want to fire Danny Rick? Now, what are you talking about? You're talking about a short, handsome man who's won two world titles. Also, he's done a very good job of reminding you every step of the way that he's won two world titles. Danny Ricardo never reminds you that he won Grand Prix. Never. Ever. Well, And that he should. I mean, he should do fairness, that. In fairness, a world title is a bigger deal than... Winning um, Carlos Sainz, how many Grand Prix has he won? Yeah, none. But Kay. he is performing at a much higher level. I mean, than Danny Rick. It's uh, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, it's he like he's he's, he's in uh, one of the best cars on the grid. Not when he well, was at McLaren, yeah, was he destroying Lando? He wasn't destroying him, but he did do better than Lando. And, and, and at, at Toro Rosso, was he? But Lando was also still, yeah, like today, if you put them up against each other, I'm not sure, actually, who would. And I, I also think it's it's interesting in that Lando's free time is spent sim racing, which I, I could right. go on for, for days about. But I, it matters, right? Like, when Max won his first Grand Prix, he took, I forget the name of the, ter- the turn, but he took it at such a high speed that it was such a high risk that people were like, how did you throw that in? He's going, actually, I put hundreds of hours in on this very track. And they're like, wait a second, <laughs> right. you raced this three times. No, sim racing. And that was a real-world yeah. application. But sure. to the point about Danny sure. Ricardo, like, who are you going to get to replace him? I mean, you know, obviously, I don't think at this particular juncture today, if you were to get rid of him, there's someone well, next year, to replace let's him. Say- although, people would say, although people would say, you know, uh, you could get an Oscar Piastri, you could get uh, somebody else from F2, you could get maybe not. Can I ask it this way? Because I feel like when we talk about replacing drivers, we're always talking about bringing drivers up as opposed to what actually happens, which is this, they change teams. Yeah. Put Pierre Gasly in a McLaren. Yeah, I mean, what about that? You know, uh, what, what do you that? what do you get? It's I guess is my question, right? Uh, do you have a dominant number one? No, you have two guys that are going to race each other. I also think that you know it's on the table now that Checo has a Grand Prix victory and is very much in the fight for the driver world championship. Whether or not Red Bull sees it that way, I think we know. Yeah, no, I, I, I but, doubt it. But if he keeps, I mean, he wins three Grand Prix this year. He's going to be fighting his teammate for the world title. Then what do you do? Like, that's a good problem to have as far as I'm concerned. But Exactly, which is why McLaren, it would be a good problem for them to have, too, if you had two drivers that were at a high level. No, I'm not saying that it is. Well, but but I mean, I— Do you remember going into Miami how everybody wanted to tell me how McLaren was was on it? Like, McLaren's doing stuff? (laughs) And I kept going— Is it that y'all are all trying to get Zach on your podcast? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> because nobody blows more spoke in this sport for me than him. I'm going. You guys have won one damn race in the last I two mean, years. I don't know. Christian Horner's right there. Then again, they've done. You know, stuff, I've, I've become. I've co- I've come around on him. Really? Yeah, like you tell. So I'm Do doing all this investigating into Red Bull and how it sure, came up and how, sure. it, how it functions, um, who actually runs stuff, who makes decisions, what does Dieter actually expect versus what do they get. Christian is so very good at communicating 
to everybody. Like, there's a reason why he keeps doing the F, uh, the, the Sky Sports broadcast. because he's good at it, right? Nobody else is good at it. Everybody else is just trying not to put their foot in their mouth. You know, like, Otmar got on that, and I think it was Jetta, and he was just like, yeah, we're going to let him race. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah, sweating, I remember that. Right? Remember and that. Uh, every time uh, uh, is on, he's really trying to make sure that he's clear in English, right? Because yeah. his, his... Oh, his English is it great. It is, he but he's also, sometimes. you can see that he's wanting to be clear. He's not wanting to misrepresent yeah. himself or the situation. Right. Christian can talk to Helmet, can talk to drivers, can talk to media, can talk to principals. And can knows which buttons to push and when to push them. I've come around to this thought. There are a lot of people that think they can be team principals. I genuinely believe the people doing the job right now are the only people that could do the job. That job yeah, sucks. Yeah. Like, th th think about it. That job sucks. You're a middle manager. That job sucks. Yes. <laughs> yes, you have man. stars over here that drive the cars. You have stars over here that are engineers and designers. You have... An owner who's up your behind the whole time because whatever result that you got is one you're expected to get. And that is the worst right. place to be. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> we won the Grand Prix. Yeah, I pour more money into this thing than anybody else. You damn well better win the Grand Prix. <laughs> you know, I, or Helmut Marco looking at Checo going, I don't know, his contract's up and Pierre's looking pretty good. Are you kidding? <laughs> that dude's having a, the year of his life and you're talking about Shit cannon him for Pierre Gasly, who <laughs> walked into his Grand Prix win because Carlos Sainz's car failed. Yeah, like, that yeah, was what yeah, I would, that's yeah. why Monaco's, when Monaco lets me down, it's because the last 30 minutes, four cars up front didn't get to race. You know, right. like, that's, yeah. that just sucks. Yeah, it's sad. You know, that part yeah, yeah, I want, I want Carlos to win a Grand Prix. I know. <laughs> just, I want it so <laughs> bad for him, and it keeps... Oh, but the Checo win was so nice, though. Oh. I mean, even though it was, and it was only his third. It's not like he's won so many, you know. And and I think it was. I mean, you did. I don't know if you saw. You know, he's like crying on the podium. Oh yeah. I was like ready. I was ready to cry right along with him. You know what I mean? Like it was. Especially nice. after last week, right? It was, after last it was week, feel it's good. Exactly. You know, that's the reason I think it it hit for everybody. It's because we were there oh, last. Yeah. Well, one yeah. of my friends, uh, I texted him earlier today, just. On this thought that Max Verstappen might be just a little bit soft, and I can get into that a little bit later on. But he said, I was waiting on Horner to give the team orders to let Max buy. And he was being serious. And I'm like, No, oh, well, no, it no. wasn't. But I mean, but, I don't think but my friend was for, seriously for saying I was I was anticipating it. Like I kept going, he's got a screw Checo. He's got a screw yeah. Checo. He's got a screw Checo. You know, when the car started <laughs> to slow down, right? And Max would be like, his car's slowing down. And I'm like, man, shut right, up. Right, right. Shut, shut up. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, let yeah. the man drive. <laughs> to, that, to that end, right? I <sighs> mean, luckily, Carlos was behind him and not Max, you know, because who I, I, I mean, I was honestly, uh, I, I, going into the race, I was like, you know, Checo started, uh, where did Checo started third, right? Checo starting third, Max starting fourth. I was like, oh, no, Max is starting behind Checo. We all know what's going to happen. Luckily, it didn't turn out that way, but I, because that was, like, very, very upsetting last week. Like, I, that's a whole other thing, which we did talk about, like, on our episode, but it's, um, it, uh, it's got to be tough, but Checo, Checo seems to be, like, okay with everything. I mean, hopefully this is, I feel like Red Bull got almost, like, lucky 
that he won this race because no, it, I really it, think it, that whatever it, chats they would have had after Barcelona, that I think the man would have still was been luck. a bit bitter. It was complete like, let's luck. Be honest. Uh, it's also Ferrari yeah. hitting its like right. we do that, but it's been done. But oh to, yeah, to Ferrari. The, the last begin? thing about Red Bull, they're probably going to win the constructors' championship, and the reason they would do that is because Horner would look around yeah. and say. Hey, if they're racing each other and they don't wreck, landscape is we need to break Mercedes' streak of winning constructor championships before Ferrari does. That's what needs to happen. We need to go into the books as being <laughs> no, we caught them and we got them. I think you're you, if you're Red Bull, just let it go. Like let it keep like keep playing it out week to week because you're charging up on a Ferrari that is imploding. Like they they just can't hold it together, and I'm. I'm kind of giddy about it because I haven't <laughs> yeah. met any good Ferrari fans. Like I don't, it's nothing against the teams, and I say this a bunch of time, uh, but a bunch of times. But I'm never down on Charles Leclerc or down on Carlos Sainz or whomever's in the Scuderia. It's they're the ground yeah. we're fighting on. Yeah. I'm actually after you, yeah, the yeah. asshole who keeps yelling <laughs> about the prancing, right. uh, prancing donkeys last week, prancing horses. You know, like, that's what I'm angry about, is I, you don't have to be this arrogant and mean. No, no, yeah. I think I think nice Ferrari fans must exist. I admit I haven't really come across any either. Usually it's people who are fans of Charles or Carlos, you know, that's and they, they just happen to, you know, probably they'd be fans of theirs if they raced for another team. So um, that's not really the same as being a Ferrari fan. The Ferrari fans are, uh, yeah, are a whole other level. I felt a little bad for Carlos, though, like getting, okay, so he comes in second. And I saw earlier today, I saw the um, the Twitter post from the official Ferrari account, like, you know, like the after the race, you know, you announced, like, you know, here's how we did, whatever. It was very, like, <laughs> not the result we wanted, but, you know, whatever, which is, like, yes, fair. But, like, I can just imagine another team doing a post like that, and they would have probably said something like, you know, it was a disappointment for, you know, Charles or whoever, you know, but the, the team, you know, we did our best, you know, et cetera, which, well, they didn't but anyway they could have you know you can say whatever you want on well no media. read the room that's <laughs> what they did they true, read the right? room so and that, i give them credit for reading the room because yeah. there are a lot of accounts that like I, especially team accounts uh especially in the united states that will just botch that yeah just being like uh yeah so we're on to whatever you lost 22 to zero what do you mean on to what <laughs> you got destroyed this is a baseball game 22 <laughs> to zero what are you doing i i i give ferrari social team <laughs> No, that's fair. That's fair. If they were talking about their bot strategy, then I would say that's fair. But it also made like Carlos's P two seem like a nothing. You know, well, it, mean? It, like it it was it, kind of dismissive I mean, of his result. That's the sport. That, no, like think think about it. I guess. Think, think that one I through. Just feel honestly, I'm always... we're not talking about George Russell driving his butt off. We're talking about hey, Lewis is Lewis is not any <laughs> good, guys. I'm like in luck, it's racing. You know, we're we're not talking about yeah, yeah. Uh, Checo being great as much as we're going. Hmm, Max lost some points there, huh? You know that like that's what the sport is, and the the dynamic of a one-two is sort of helpful. Yeah, I guess so for your community to understand because they get to say no, that person's in charge, and you get to say no, this is the way that it's supposed to go. We as human beings love to rank stuff, right? And if you tell somebody that <laughs> we have a linear um, 
management strategy here, they're going to look at you and be like, so nobody's in charge. That's not what we're saying. We all, this is right. you know, a circle. So nobody's in charge. You have to have someone in charge. Otherwise, we don't trust you. <laughs> that that I find to be, you know, that's yeah. that's the patriarchy yeah. all the way down. But that's what most people understand. Uh-huh. I guess. I guess. I'm just always like, I'm, I'm you know... Uh, I, I'm a soft lady, you know, who wants everyone to get like to get uh, to to uh, to get like I'm not like I'm always like uh, I, I would be like the um, you know, I am old enough to be some of their mom almost. Uh, so actually, it's not too far off where I'm like, oh, I hope Lando's getting enough fluids. I mean, he's got tonsillitis. I hope he's getting enough sleep. You know, I'm like, that's my vibe. Right. So even though I can be completely that's billionaire, other end of it, why don't you have good too, health insurance? Uh, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, that's what it is. But um, but yeah, I do you think do you think Ferrari's gonna get their <sighs> act together? It's or not? fast car. Um, you you can do a lot with a fast car. You know, like uh, yeah. again, Horner had a great line of, yeah. "I would yeah. rather have uh, a fast car that I got to fix than a slow car that I got to fix." Right. I think that's where Ferrari is because the the, the right. thing that sucks for them about Monaco is. The car's di- the car is dialed in. That was all human error. That was user error, yeah. all of it. And right, but right. that's what's so heartbreaking. Fix, yeah, and and no, I don't know I can, how I easy that is error. to fix. Like we can, you know we what can, I mean? That's we not, can do with that. As a matter of fact, uh, cover the USFL this weekend. I had a coach say, "I can deal with physical errors. I can't deal with mental ones." Which is to say, if you miss a tackle or you drop a pass, I can deal okay. with that. That's okay. That's effort. You're where you were supposed to be. What I can't abide is did you not line up correctly? Did you right. not know the snap count, right? Those sorts of things can be fixed, though. Just you're focusing. So I think yeah. Ferrari's fine. But to extend that metaphor to, like, the people in the pit wall, the strategy team, et cetera, you know, like, to extend the metaphor that you're making with uh, with the coach you're talking about, like, are they, they weren't in the, did they, they weren't, in the right spot like they didn't just drop the path yeah they, so just diagnose that totally uh, like wrong. if it was quite literally somebody just went to sleep i mean that's still that's that's still a reason <laughs> right and there's ways to mitigate this yeah yeah doing your homework yeah. about why did this go wrong and being faithful about it while also not trying to drown somebody if right matia can get that done they're fine and i i i think that they can get that done I, I really do. I, I think hopefully, yeah. I mean there's yeah, there's no no well, time it's really. Also, to, to let's let's not forget that everybody that works over there is really good at their job too. Yeah. Like I I think we we dismissed yeah, that a yeah, little yeah, too easily out of hand. I mean Carlos dismissed it. They wanted him to come in for inters and he was like, Nah, I'm staying well, uh, out and they were fairly insistent. But we don't he get was to like, hear the reason no. as to why they were insistent though either. Like I, I'm I try yeah, to give people true. the benefit of the doubt. Like I, until you, at such time you prove that you're an idiot, I don't treat you like one. Which is to say that I usually don't explain <laughs> things that I should because I just assume that people are on the level and they get it, and I don't have to do all this homework for them. One of the things that I, I think I've said this to you, I want to have graduate level conversations about race. I don't want to have rudimentary ones because I'm I'm done with that. I don't yes. want to. I don't want to. Yes. You go do the reading, and then you come yeah. back and talk to me, and then we can have a good discussion and dialogue. I think in as far as Ferrari. Have, have you ever gotten anyone to do the reading? No, I've that's never, just my way like of being able to check out that. of the conversation. <laughs> oh, okay, 
Yeah, no, that's that's. Oh, okay, no, hey, there's this whole library over yeah. here. You can go check that out. No, but uh, just making sure. Just remember, sure. Ferrari's yeah, a national team. I've, I've had, yeah. Right, and remember that everybody wants to yeah. work at yeah. Ferrari. As a matter of fact, we can count on one hand the amount of people that said no. Sure. Uh, they 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 mm-hmm. hired the dude that came up with paddle shifters, carbon fiber uh, chassis, and I forget what else John Bernard came up with that was just ridiculous. Sure. But point is yeah. they're all yeah. good at this they just screwed up that one time and but by the way nobody's ever going to let them forget it and i don't need to dunk on you for that i just need to know <laughs> how do we help you fix it yeah oh you're so nice i love it i love this i love the i love the niceness it's such a change of pace from like every other person talking about formula 1 sometimes and sometimes it is funny and amusing and i'm here for it for like the you know completely ripping on into someone but sometimes it is nice to have a nice person be like you know everyone has a tough honestly though like it's uh, i always think about it in this way (laughs) i'm gonna have a bad day perhaps this person will remember on their bad day that i was kind to them and will be kind in return like that's that's all like i i come out assuming everybody's doing the best they can like that, that, because that's the only, like, otherwise Aww. you expect people to disappoint it. you. And some people earn that, right? And that's what you come to expect yeah. from them. But yeah. for the most part, hey, I assume you're good at this. Uh, like, okay. New York Times used to have a vice president of whatever, but his job, as he saw it, was to walk around to people at their desk and say, you're supposed to be here. You're very good at this. That was it. And you would be amazed Aww. at how many people took that, let that sink in. And did their best work, as opposed to going. I'm at the New York Times. I can't afford to screw up, which yeah, I feel like course. is a Ferrari every week, right? Yeah. Who doesn't? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. You, you. Um, I thank you for offering this perspective. I must say because it's so nice and it's so kind, and I'm gonna try to be kinder myself, even though I'm already like I, I'm not like. You know, I mean, I find it entertaining, like I said, usually when people are ripping into someone. But a lot of the time, I'm a little bit like, Ugh, like, I feel a little bad. Like, uh, with the exception of Nicky no, I'm he, sorry, I'm not going to feel bad about that He needs ever. to get up I, out of that not, Because yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not that you're wrecking the yeah, car, it's that no, you're that's, wrecking that's, other people's races. Yeah. Like, that's the part that Nicholas yeah. Latifi is the catalyst <laughs> for Lewis Hamilton not winning his eighth driver's championship uh, for... Yeah, yeah. Obviously not his right, fault but like, and not his intention. Think of all the, all the wrecks he's been a part you know, of that have led to other people losing out on a Grand Prix or losing out on points yes, because his yes. yellow car came out or his yellow flag came yes. out and the, uh, and the safety car came. Um, <laughs> Maybe it would help if his car was uh, yellow. I, Maybe he yeah, I, Well, <laughs> Other people could see it and avoid it. <laughs> Mick Schumacher. Is he going to be in this car next week or next week, uh, next year? A lot of people are talking about it because of the comments that Gunther made after the race, which were kind of like a little bit strong, right? Like this was, you know, he said, we're going to need to figure out how to move on from this because now this is, of course, a second huge wreck at a team that can ill afford third third huge wreck. Um, And yeah, I think I think it's. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, almost forgot about that. One. <laughs> no, hey, he no, didn't crack the car in half this time. No, you know, no, like that time one. it was only uh, yeah, yeah, that's severe damage <laughs> to the front of the car. 
which I do want to remind everyone is a safety measure that is supposed to happen. That is uh, by design. Uh, I know people get really freaked out by that. And it is, you know, not great, obviously, and it's scary. And, it's, and every, of course, we're very glad he's okay um, as, as, as ever when there's any kind of incident. But, yeah, the cars, just, again, reminder, are meant to do that uh, because it's, uh, it reduces the force and the impact, whatever. It's, it's better for the driver, actually, because right. they're not going right. to, you know, right. get stuck uh, breaking apart in half. It'll be the, the part that's behind them breaks off. And it's, Where the big yeah, combustible the, the thing actually, is. Um, regulation changes. <laughs> the season yeah as a dude with a (laughs) mid-engine car let me tell you it gets hot behind you yeah yeah it's not where you want to be there you go not where you want to (laughs) be no you don't want that you don't want that yeah you don't want that i don't know i mean i don't think he's probably going anywhere because i think that uh it's not like he's you know completely terrible i mean he's of course had i mean these are these are very 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 unfortunate incidents um that uh, again to befall a team that can't really afford that sort of but um i think that he still has a lot of you know cachet for both for his team and for the sport as a whole you know where i think people are interested in keeping him there obviously you know partially because of his name and that's just a fact you know i don't think that you know i don't think that's ever gonna and and he i think that even though he doesn't at all lean into that himself personally um, you know, which is maybe to his credit, I don't know. Um, it, it's it's still a fact. People still feel a certain way. Well, I know, think it's a, a it's interesting to note because one uh, earlier in the week, Gunther's like, I told Mick the points will come, right? He'll he'll score points, and then after this wreck, he's like, No, we might need to uh, reevaluate, <laughs> right? But it's also because chat. <laughs> Kevin's driving the hell out of that car. Uh, and you didn't expect to get 15 points out of a dude that you asked to drive the car, like, what was it, three weeks before the, the season? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he's getting everything yeah. he can out of that. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even get right. the test at uh, But I, um, I think of it this wherever, way. Um, yeah. I don't know if you knew this or not, but for a very long time, Mick ran under a pseudonym. So it's... Right, yeah, I did. I remember... I don't know how that, prepared yeah. he, he has been to be his father's son in F1. Also, he's came up in the Ferrari Driver Academy, which is to say, if you're going to kick Carlos Sainz out of that seat, or even Charles Leclerc for that matter, you want it to be Mick who's ready to go. So he's at Haas for a reason, right? Because obviously they provide um, yeah. Haas with their engine, their power unit, so forth, so on. I, can, I go back to who are you going to put in the chair? Like who gets that seat if not him? And, yeah, we could pull somebody from uh, Formula 2, Formula 3. God forbid it come from the W Series like I want, but I also understand that I'm the minority on that, even among, you know, (laughs) other women. Like, it's just... I mean, at least put them in F3 or F2 first, for crying out loud. Like, I'm not asking for, you know... Right. That's a whole other... Put them somewhere that's not the W Series, for starters. Let's start with that. You know, there's a... And and then work up to Formula 1, same as everyone else has I think he's... But anyway, <laughs> if you put a blindfold over him and Lance Stroll, do I see a difference? You know, like if I put Al- Alex Albon the rub. in a Haas, he probably outruns Mick and he yeah. probably races Kevin and you probably end up sixth in the constructor championship, which would be phenomenal for them. You know, yeah, we might be pushing for fifth or fourth, mm-hmm, depending on mm-hmm. how badly Mercedes slash McLaren are. 
Like that's the difference. And I, yeah. I don't know enough about Haas's financial situation to know whether or not it actually matters to them. But that's why I raised the point is Alex Albon is driving the hell out of that Williams, right? And I've been like, you've been curious to see mm-hmm. what that dude could have done next to Kevin Magnuson this year. Been fun. Yeah. Because I don't like watching Lance Stroll yeah. go around the track. Yeah. Um, it, especially knowing <laughs> that Esteban Ocon is, is driving his rear off, right? That's a Mercedes driver. I just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just... Having a good season. It was an interesting... Because Gunther said something, everybody's thinking about it, but I'm also going, hey, man, there's yeah. a budget cap now, so are you just mad? <laughs> or are you going to fire him? Because... Yeah. Your money no longer matters like it used yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like I doubt, I, I, feel, I doubt they would, you know, I, I think that it's, uh, if I was uh, putting money on someone getting fired, it would definitely, you know, be oh, yeah. because I think well, that's pretty much a done deal probably for next season. Like, that's probably not even a question. I hope. I really, really hope because there's just no reason for that to still be happening. Uh, next season but uh, Mick I, I do have kinder feelings towards I guess even though because you know I, I think he has more talent and more ability than, than a Latifi but um, I mean I do think I it is only his second year I mean I guess we could say you know that, yeah I mean technically is, the case. how many how many guys last so more than two years maybe and, and yeah, it's no, fair to it's fair to say <laughs> if, it, if his name's not his name okay I don't know. You know, here's what I would do if I was Gunther. <laughs> if <laughs> if Mick has any more wrecks, like these ones he's been having, I'd be like, listen, Mick, your family has a lot of money. Hey, Help us out here. <laughs> um, no, so, so I'm sure that that money is tied up in Ferrari. Like, I doubt, I doubt they want to give Haas money that uh, they were expecting yeah. to give or influence that they were expecting to give to Ferrari because that's what it would be. It wouldn't be their money. It would be going... Hey, we have Michael Schumacher's kid. Give us some money. And I understand wanting to avoid that at all costs yep. if you are Mick Schumacher. However, if you were driving for Ferrari, people would want to throw money at you. <laughs> because no, they don't see you anymore. They see your dad. Yeah, yeah. Right? Now they have to see you as your dad. Yeah. Put him yeah. in that red. It's a whole different thing. So he also has a lot of pressure to be good because of that. Because, yes, just as soon as he starts to... If he was doing... If he had 15 points and Kevin Magnuson had none, Carlos Sainz would be out of a job. Mm-hmm. That's how much right. people <laughs> want that kid to be good. So I'm sure Gunther said that and got a phone yeah, call. was like... Yeah, which... Which, is that kind of a problem? It's a little bit of a problem, isn't it? Because, you know... Is that, is that, I mean, but I guess, what can you say? Like, life isn't fair. People are going to put expectations I would tell him, he need, instead him, of being no so what, close to Sebastian Vettel, get close to Lewis name. Hamilton. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, I really, <laughs> like, I, it, dudes yeah, that feel yeah. like they have an undue amount of pressure on themselves for being otherized really have a lot they can glean from that guy. Now, he's a super ordinary yeah. person. Yeah, totally. Right? There's nothing supernatural about his intellect except that he is emotionally in tune and extremely kind, right? Understands what he means to other people and has been doing a good job of protecting himself. 
Those are lessons that Schumacher needs. Sebastian Vettel can't give you that. Sebastian Vettel was the youngest world is the youngest world champion ever. He's got four. All right, like right. It's him, and I want to say uh, Alan Prost. Right, like that's that's who you're talking about. You're not there, kid. Right. That's not yeah. your that's not your mentor. Yeah. Your mentor is somebody who came into the sport knowing that no. if I do not succeed, they won't let somebody else like me in. That's where you need to live and breathe. And I, you know, like that's also part of Formula One being as lack of a better term, uh, capitalistic because it doesn't do progress progress well. You should have yep. like also yep, like yep, there yep. was a, there was an end there the first time he wrecked that car. Guess who went to go check on him? It wasn't Seb, who I'm sure did later. But it was Lewis who walked yeah. down the row to yeah. be like, yo, man, you good? You straight? That yeah. was a bad wreck. Do you need to talk about it? I know. He should acquire. I mean, he could still have Seb as a mentor. He just And why wouldn't you? Lewis like, well. uh, Lewis tells these great stories about racing as Michael Schumacher uh, in video games, right? And I'm going, it's there for you. Yeah. And I just, I have to believe yeah. that he doesn't want it. And I will really. I know. I know. I know, and I, I feel like they actually do have some stuff like that in common. Like, Mick does seem like uh, yeah. also uh, a very kind person and a very, you know, he seems very um, grounded and very, you know, um, it, he seems like very well brought up, which is uh, something I would also say about Lewis and his family. You know, again, very well brought up, well loved, good relationships with his family members you know all all the type of stuff like Mick is uh, very close with his sister Lewis is very close with his brother of course you know it's they've got this like beautiful relationship Mick's uh, and his sister are close there's uh there's uh, uh, um, at some Grand Prix she was like sitting no in and, car, and that, I really found cute. that to be interesting across the board uh, like Max is very close with his sister like she designs his, his helmet right and they, even and his nephews mm -hmm. uh, Luca right. and Leo yeah. right he dotes on them like I I'm encouraged by the number of drivers who really, really, really love their families. Uh, and I can also understand why you need mm -hmm. to. You know, like. Yeah. yeah no, you're not course. Michael Schumacher's kid to me. You're my kid brother. Absolutely. You know, that, that's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you have to. Yeah, for the, you gotta people that keep you grounded. Okay, so we have uh, gone what normally would be for us way over time. So I am going to go ahead and say that we have to do our tweet of the week, uh, and then we will have to wrap it up. Uh, otherwise, Tim is going to be very angry with me, who's our editor. So. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go ahead and make an executive decision on my own, <laughs> all by myself here. I'm the team principal of this podcast, you know, for, for right now, for just for right now. Normally, it's a flat structure, and Elle and I are both uh, the team principal. But for now, I'm the big boss on the show tonight, and uh, I am going to give the tweet of the week to, uh, I think, it's like slarty underscore I-Y-H. Um, they had a very funny response to our um, tweet uh, where it was uh, I was tweeting during qualifying, and I tweeted that it was pull for uh, Chuck Leclerc uh, at the Monaco GP, which is this amazing Photoshop that someone had made back when um, Willie T. Ribs mm -hmm. was doing the post-race interviews in Miami, and he called Charles Chuck, you know, Chuck Gate. It was a whole thing, right? 
<laughs> which that was another that was a lot of people there who haven't done their homework who haven't done the reading let's just say uh who didn't know who willie t ribs were and were like who the hell is this guy and i was uh uh insulted on his behalf and and i have it on good authority uh that willie t uh, was on this other podcast that i listened to where uh he they did an interview with him and he was like chuck didn't he didn't mind i give everyone nicknames blah 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 by the way so if anyone was listening who is very very worried about poor uh poor 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 charles leclerc's feelings don't be worried he didn't mind but anyway someone did this amazing photoshop of Charles with like a handlebar mustache and I'll put a link for you guys in the show notes and a cowboy hat and he's uh, it's like as if he's a NASCAR driver and it's uh, you know the thing at the bottom says Chucky Lake Clerk <laughs> uh, you know it says his age and it says like Raleigh North Carolina you know <laughs> as to where he's from and uh, the guy uh, well I don't know if it's a guy but the person who responded uh, who is the big big winner of Tweet of the Week is uh, they, they wrote um, I can hear the start of the interview now boy I tell you what the Santander Puma Kaspersky Ferrari was feeling real yeah, good out I there saw today. It was, uh, they, uh, somebody turned him into a NASCAR driver and gave him jowls. And yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's yeah, good. yeah. That's that's what I'm uh, talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. But yeah, I really enjoyed that response because yeah, that would be the interview. I hope everyone enjoyed my really really bad Southern accent there. Uh, I did my best, um, <laughs> but. We will have to wrap it up on that note. Um, RJ, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming and hanging out and uh, and doing this with me. Uh, I wish we could do it more often in some in some alternate universe where time has no meaning and there are like unlimited podcasts people could do with everyone. I would do it with Elle, of course, and then I do one with you. I do one with like other people. It would be great. Uh, but I really appreciate it, and um, yeah, tell people once again where they can. Well, first, I'd like to say thank you for uh, having me on. As I'm had a good run today, and number forty-four <laughs> Red Bull Monster Energy drink to do, and uh, well, you know, uh, hopefully we can, we can get in under time next time. You know, uh, my my thoughts and prayers <laughs> to old Chucky Leclerc. He he had a rough time. You know, it happens that way. Uh, hey, one one day. You'll you'll yeah. win your home race. You will. Uh, maybe it'll be on the F one twenty twenty two, but you know we'll see. No, I, I have a good time <laughs> listening to you guys. Thanks for having me on. You know that we can talk for forever uh, because it's it's fun and we could. Well, I mean, it's not to say if nothing else, like, like just having other people had to the time. talk to about this thing that I really enjoy, um, that also have an understanding of how the world works. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Good uh-huh. God. I know oh, it's a rare uh, combination, isn't it? <laughs> on my way out, this Max Verstappen story. So Max got into iRacing very early uh, and chose not to go by his name because he didn't want to be trolled on the internet. To which I'm going, oh, Billy Badass is kind of <laughs> kind of soft. Kind of soft. Didn't want to deal. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? I have to. My response is that that's actually perfectly in keeping with the way that um, I see most uh, white men, specifically in Formula One, behave. 
I mean, I'm sorry, but like this, like you, and they don't even have to be white, actually. Like I've seen Karun be like, I can't believe all these like abusive tweets or whatever I'm getting. And I will then go and look. I'll try to be like, find like, what are people giving you? You know, are they uh, telling you go kill yourself? Are they are they calling you racial slurs? Are they doing? No, I, I mean, I haven't seen that. Maybe that's maybe it's there. Maybe that's what they're talking about. But on Twitter, like it's very unusual to actually see those usually. Usually the quality filter, you know, like filters that stuff out. You don't even often see those. So I have to believe that they're seeing stuff from people who are just disagreeing with them. And that is to them tantamount to abuse in some cases. Like it, Will it Buxton, depends. lots of people, like that's their response. So I could I, see I, Matt look, Max look, being like, Oh, I don't want to be trolled. Uh, like, first, what's the worst first of thing all, that's burners are for cowards. You, honestly. Okay. Burners are for cowards. Number one. Number two. I have a problem with somebody that doesn't want to put their name on the nasty stuff they want to say. And it doesn't even have to be nasty. You can disagree with me. But disagree with me as yourself. What's your government name? What's your mama call you? You know, you know, do that with the stuff that you do with your driver's license. Because exactly. if you won't do it with your driver's license on Front Street, then don't do it. Uh -huh. Even if it's disagreeing with someone. Because if you're doing this from an account for which you don't want to be traced back, you shouldn't have an account. Because you're 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 hiding from everybody, and now you're going to perform out here as opposed to actually engage in dialogue. <laughs> so I think it's that that's what it is. It's not nastiness. Amen. It's just disingenuous, not good, uh, bad faith arguments. Totally, totally. All right, we will uh, peace on out of here now. And uh, next week, of course, will be the triumphant return of Ellen. Uh, but hopefully we can do this again sometime. And uh, maybe with Elle here, uh, we'll do it again sometime. That will be fun. Um, she actually is much bigger. Well, I don't know if she's a, into college football that much, but she's a much bigger NFL fan than I am. So uh, you guys might have stuff to talk about there, even though this is ostensibly a Formula One podcast. There you go. Formula One-ish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the that's the vibe. All right, guys. Uh, until next week, uh, we will say bye. bye, bye. Thank you so much for listening. We are an independent podcast made with love, and we appreciate each and every one of you who listens. Racing Incident is hosted by me, Anna Tarkov, and Ellen Nolly. It is produced by myself and Ellen, and editing and tech support is by Tim Rodriguez. Charles, what's happened with Max? Nothing, just an incident on the race.